0: This morning's reading is Acts 28 verses 23 to 31 and if you wish to uh, follow the reading it's on page 1126 of the Pew Bibles page 1126 they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God, and from the law of Moses and from the prophets he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made his final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said, through Isaiah the prophet. Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. From this people's hearts has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, Understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance.
1: Thank you, Fred. Not often I have to raise anything up. Um, It's a good feeling. Um, So today we uh, begin a new series called Dangerous Faith. um, As we follow on from uh, our harvest appeal uh, for open doors, uh, thinking about the persecuted church for a number of weeks and how... Uh, Our faith is called to be a dangerous faith, not a complacent faith, uh, but a dangerous faith. And so we're traveling back and forward through this book of Acts, uh, looking at the early church for the next number uh, of weeks. So let's just pray as we begin. Father God, we thank you for your word, a living and active word, written many centuries ago, inspired by your Spirit. And so today we pray that your Spirit would inspire that word into our hearts and souls, it would come alive for us. That uh, today would we'll be transformed by your grace and by your love and by your truth. Your word and not my words we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, faith is one of those words that we use a lot. Uh, it's a word that sometimes I would say we don't use that word a lot in everyday language. We don't uh, word, use words like repentance whenever we're in the co-op buying our milk. Uh, But we would use the word faith in everyday language. We would talk about people having a great faith. We would talk about having faith that such and such a football, I'm not going to get into this, but such and such a football team might win over another football team. Uh, We have faith in the things that we believe in or the chairs that we sit on. Faith is a word that we use a lot uh, in one sense in our everyday language. But faith is not a logical experience. Faith is not a logical experience. Hebrews um, chapter 11, uh, verse 1, describes faith as this. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In other words, often we have faith in God even though we can't see Him. We can't see the effect that He has tangibly around us. But we see that effect in the people around us, in the church around us, in the community around us. And so, faith is not a logical experience. It's a lived experience. Uh, Often, people grasp faith whenever they first take the step of faith. Uh, Often, some people say, I'm not sure how you can have faith in God or how you can experience faith in God and logically try to work it all out and have everything neatly put in a little box with a a ribbon tied on it nicely in place before they actually say that they can have faith. But if faith is a lived experience, then it's something that we do, and as we do it, the more we do it, the more we grow in our faith. The more faith becomes alive for us, the easier faith becomes for us. And so often, Faith is not that thing that we can put our finger on. Actually, in our reading today, in verse 23, it says that they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day, and they came in even larger numbers for the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Even the apostle Paul tried to convince others of the experience of faith, rather than it being a lived out experience. He tried to logically explain to them from the kingdom of God, from the law of Moses, and from the prophets, from the scriptures they had in the Old Testament, he tried to explain to them what faith in Jesus was all about, but they didn't grasp it. And In fact, often we find ourselves sometimes getting into arguments with other people over faith. Uh, over our faith, over what it is that we believe in, uh, as opposed to what they might believe about the same thing, or don't believe at all. And we can't always win an argument. I know that. I live with three girls. Now I'm in trouble. Um, We can't always win an argument, sure we can't. Even whenever we deep down, we know that truth is on our side, that even if it is something, that an experience that has happened and someone else is denying that it has happened, and we're arguing from the side of truth and saying, actually, this is what happened, we know that we can't always win that argument. And so actually, faith is not something that we argue about. Faith is not something that we try to logically necessarily convince others about, because often it's foolish to do that. Often it's foolish to believe that we can win an argument because faith is not that logical experience. We've lived in a world, many of us have lived in a world for decades where if it can be proven by science, then it is true. and Everything logically goes back to whether we can prove it from a scientific point or not. And if it can't be proven from a scientific point, then it should be dismissed and set to the side. But we now live in a world that is changing. It's not about if we can see it, touch it, prove it. That's still there, but there's also a part of the culture in the world that we live in which says if you believe, then it's true. Whatever it is that you want to believe, then that is truth for you. There is no absolute truth, or so they say. Yet to believe something is true, that basically goes against the perceived normal, is now a common practice. And actually, that's where the element of faith and how we express our faith steps into that realm in a much greater opportunity. Because actually, rather than having arguments, rather than trying to define something scientifically and prove that God exists, our thinking, our cultural thinking is now in a realm and in a sphere where we can actually say, this is what I believe. This is my experience. Let me share it with you. And so the door of opportunity to share our faith and our lived experience of faith is huge at the moment. And we need to grasp it and take it. Faith becomes so much more relevant in that place. The key to faith is found in verse 25 of our reading. It says, They disagreed amongst themselves, and they began to leave after Paul had made his final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers whenever they said this through the prophet. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. We believe in a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a God of relationship, a God who is relational. We believe that the church a body of believers like us is a relational body where we an eclectic mix of individuals. I know I've done this before, but take a wee look around. And answer me honestly. Would you choose to worship or would you choose to be here with these people? Because we normally choose to be with people that we know, That we like, that are the same age as us, or have the same hobbies as us, or work in the same kind of career as us. But yet, whenever we look around the church, what we see is an eclectic mix of individuals from different backgrounds, from different careers, from different socioeconomic backgrounds, a real mix of individuals, loads of different personalities. I'm holding a mirror up in front of myself at this point as well. But we're here with one purpose, to worship God, because we believe that God exists, and what He has for us is hope that we can carry with us. And that's what makes the church beautiful, because we are in a relationship with each other, a relationship of love and of grace, that means that we carry through and walk through those difficulties and those differences and show that love and grace and belief and faith in God trumps all those other things. And so the church becomes an attractive place because it's a place where people are welcome. No matter what it is that we look like or how we act or what it is that we do. And it's in this atmosphere that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's an atmosphere of openness where the Holy Spirit speaks deep within us. He directs our paths and He leads us forward. Verse 26 says, "'Go to this people and say, "'You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. "'You will ever be seeing, but never perceiving. "'For this people's heart has become calloused. "'They're hardly here with their ears, "'and they've closed their eyes. "'Otherwise they might see with their eyes, "'hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, "'and turn, and I would heal them.'" And so as we look around at a world which is turning its back on organized religion, that's okay because organized religion is not a religion of faith. A religion of faith is a lived experience. It's an experience where Jesus is real and where we carry hope into the places around us, into our families, our communities, our streets, our workplaces, and our schools. And so into that atmosphere where people's hearts are hardened towards organized religion, we carry something different. Professor John Lennox, who comes from Northern Ireland, um, was challenged one night um, by uh, one of our leading atheists in our culture and in our society that Christianity was simply a myth for those who were afraid of the dark. And his counter was simply that Christianity... Now, atheism, was, was, atheism was a myth of, of the people who were afraid of the light. Because there is darkness and light in our culture and in the world around us. And we walk in the sphere of light and we know that light dispels the darkness. We're in that autumn time, aren't we? This year it seems to have come really quickly. Um whenever I was we, we didn't have pumpkins. We had turnips. Who tried to spoon a turnip out? <laughs> Horrendous. I can still feel it in the centre of my hands like Utterly horrendous, and we didn't have tea lights either. We had to cut candles down and put them inside the turnips as well. Just you young people, <laughs> I am really old. <laughs> um, where was I going? With? <laughs> Tell me. You've you taken me off. I don't know. Um, so yeah. So where was I going? With? <laughs> the lights. Aye, the light. Oh, the darkness and the nights. That was it. <laughs> autumn time. That's what it was. Well done, thank you. Good job. Uh, autumn time is coming. The darkness has appeared all of a sudden. I don't know about you, but it seemed to move from summer to winter almost overnight this year. It seems as if autumn didn't really happen. It's got really cold and dark in the mornings and at night. And um, we're all turning the big light on in our house. It's only Northern Ireland people. Northern Irish people have got big lights in their house. We turn the big light on, and we know whenever we turn the big light on, the darkness has disappears. It's dispelled because we walk in light. We're called to be children of light, to carry that hope with us. See, verse 28 says, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they're going to listen. God's salvation has been sent to all people, is what Paul was saying at that point. God's salvation, what we're saying at that point, God's salvation is carried to all people. See, today, Across the globe, many of our brothers and sisters in the church are persecuted for their faith. We heard those stories last week and a couple of weeks before that. Those brothers and sisters who are lifted out of worship gatherings like this on a Sunday morning and taken to prison because they dare to worship Jesus. They dare to walk in the light and carry the hope to people around them. But yet sometimes we find it, the preacher included, find it hard to carry that light into the world around us, into our families and our streets and our communities. Have we become complacent with the light that we carry? Have we sidelined faith and the faith that's within us? Have we sidelined that lived experience of what God has done for each one of us? Because we are called to live a dangerous faith a faith that has no compromise, a faith that is willing to stand up and to speak out boldly and courageously. Actually, that's the words from verse 31. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Preaching the kingdom of heaven is not about wearing a dog collar. It's not about standing on a street corner. It's about being faithful with the lived experience of faith that we each have in our sphere of influence. In our family, our friends, our co-workers, and in our fellow students, faith is being certain of what we have hoped for and sure of the things that we cannot see. In other words, being his hands and his feet, his eyes and his ears, carrying hope and the promise of salvation that whenever we have faith in Jesus Christ. It's time for us to have a dangerous faith. A faith that maybe rocks the boat. A faith that takes us out of our comfort zones and shares that hope with the world around us. That others might see and know why it is that we have hope in a world of despair. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are present with us and you send us into the world around us with hope and with light. So Lord, as we worship you in this place, collectively gathered together, setting times aside to be together. Lord, we pray, we seek that your Holy Spirit would speak truth into our hearts and inspire us further in our journey with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, we hear and close today with some words from Romans chapter 15. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.